0: I think, you know, the government needs to be careful how they proceed. I mean, you know, it's kind of careful what you ask for. Uh, my own personal opinion is I think they're moving a little fast. I understand the urgency of it. You know, we have we have, you know, the holes are growing in our atmosphere. I get that. Um, but on the other hand, it has to be feasible. And we still have to get our work done. We still need to be able to you know fix our streets, protect our citizens.
1: Hello, I'm Chris Brown, Fleet Group Editor at Bobbit. and welcome to the next episode of Fast Forward interview series. Fast Forward is about connecting with leaders in fleet, tech, and automotive to show what the future holds for fleets of all types. In this episode, I interview Kevin Miose, Fleet Manager for San Joaquin County in California. Kevin and I will discuss the challenges of electrifying a public sector fleet particularly how San Joaquin is sourcing grant money to help stay in budget and how the county plans to meet California's pending green mandates. But before we begin, be sure to subscribe to the Fleet Forward YouTube channel so you don't miss future episodes of Fast Forward. And hey, feel free to drop us a comment on the channel. Okay, let's get into it. Well, Kevin, thanks for joining us for this edition of Fast Forward. Hey, glad to be here, Chris. Very exciting. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's um let's start with um just tell us briefly about the San Joaquin fleet and your role.
0: Sure. Well, I'm the fleet manager here. Um, so you know, we're San Joaquin County, we're at the northern part of the San Joaquin Valley here, uh, the namesake of the second dirtiest area in the nation. Um and so you know, we have we have a mixed fleet, um, by typical of most counties here in California, and we do law enforcement, share patrol. District attorney, uh, probation department, we have our general government, you know, we supply cars and, and large pools to customers like, you know, our Urban S- human services agency, that type of thing. And then uh, the public works uh, equipment fleet, you know, there's another um, big chunk of fleet that we take care of. So, man, you know, and each, each fleet has its own little challenges and, and customer needs that need to be fulfilled. And uh, so, you know, we definitely try, you know, we're big on customer service. so We try to keep people happy and make sure our products are, you know. Generating satisfaction um, and getting the job done, for, you know, for the citizens here. Um, and so, you know, mainly I just I oversee all the shops and responsible for the you know the capital uh, asset program, our replacement program. Um, the day to day, of course, you know what's heavy on our minds right now is tons of regulations coming out of the state, coming out of CARB. Um, yeah. You know, we have, you know we have clean cars too coming out, Um, we have, you know, advanced clean truck, advanced clean fleet, everything has its own rule to it. And, you know, and it's all designed to get us moving quickly over to to electrification.
1: So, yeah, and I guess that kind of, if I can just jump in, Kevin, that kind of does lead me to my second question on, you know, like sort of overall considerations when it comes to what the county wants and desires. And I guess it even goes broader than what the state's up to, too. But um, you know, let's talk about mandates for greener fleets and maybe contextualize thing and budget too.
0: Well, yeah, that's tough, Chris, you know, cause I mean, most of us fleet operators, you know, and there's a, you know, I work with, a, you know, in league with a bunch of, uh, fleet operators, we, we're, we, you know, we meet up quite a bit and we talk about these things and, you know, it's, it's easy to stay on the status quo. You know, we have our capital replacement vehicles get replaced X amount of time, you know, hours, uh, miles, years, that type of thing, but this throws it off because you know here we are, you know, projecting inflation and technology upgrades, and we can you know kind of probe that into our replacement. But you know, when you're going electric, uh, electricity, man, you know the the vehicles are much more expensive. You know, two to three times more than a regular one. Uh, you need complete new fueling infrastructure for it, uh, so it's a challenge. Um, you know, I mean, I'm used to you know, sure I, I can buy a gas pump, but buying a whole uh you know charging station for for 40 or 50 vehicles that are going to be on the road every day that's a that's a pretty big challenge. Um uh, and as you know, Chris, you know, there's a lot of difference between the time to fuel for an EV, the type of infrastructure you needed. A lot of EVs, you know, since they're they take long to to charge. So you need to, you know, usually have a, you know, what would be a hose per vehicle, you know, with with fuel. So there's a lot of challenge. And infrastructure, you know, I look at the challenges, it's just as big as buying a vehicle. Um, you know, a lot of expense involved with that. Uh, And then just the pace of it, you know, these regulations, you know, by 2024, if products are available, 50% of our our spend on three-quarter ton trucks and up are supposed to be, you know, pure pure electric. Wow, so
1: let me just, I just want to stop you there. By 2024, those trucks are supposed to be zero emissions, I guess, right? Yeah,
0: 50% of our buy. So quite a challenge when you think about three-quarter ton truck on up to class eight. So, pretty wide range of vehicles of the, which a bunch of unique needs. As you know, as the vehicles get bigger, the more custom they are to the job that they're performing, the equipment that's on them. You know, I, I look at this. You know, the EV dump truck is a challenge. Um, you know, when you look at a dump truck now, just getting a dump truck with all the stuff on it you needed to do his job is to Now we're going to add a battery or a hydrogen generator. Um, it just wow, really complicates things. And you know, the durability of working on a construction site. You know, off road and dirt on rough conditions—that type of thing. So, it's—I it's, think it's—it's it's a lot. And I mean, because at the end of the day, there's a lot of products out there, and there, you know, there's a lot of emerging products, a lot of early adopter type products coming out right now. And you know, counties and cities, we usually want something that's proven already that we're not taking a big risk. So, it's a huge risk, Chris. So, you know, um, so in another, you another—you know—what you're kind of talking about? How to stay in budget, right? So. One thing I found is, you know, we've had early success. We've been trying to be an early adopter of EV. We bought our first LEAF in 2011 when it first came out. And we also bought that with grant money. Um, We paid for about two thirds of that vehicle with grant money. So, you know, and lessen the impact of the risk, you know, on on making that purchase and stepping into it. Um, As we go forward, I'm looking at grant money. I have that. That has to be part of my strategy to go out and buy this EV while it's still cutting edge and still early adopter. Because I think, as you see, you know, as products become more, you know, they become more commonplace, and and it becomes more ubiquitous. That these grant money and this infrastructure money is going to go away. So you know, I think, yeah. you know, you got to you got to strike now where the iron's hot and uh, make some moves on that. You know,
1: yeah. Hey Kevin, let me ask you about the grant money. Um, I guess it kind of varies, right? But um, how what portion of the premium for the for let's just say electrification specifically does grant money right now get you? Can you can you pay for that premium or is it a third or a half or 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 what? Well, I'll tell you, Chris, it, it really varies by the product, right? So,
0: you know, let's pick an easy one. Let's pick a Bolt, right? We got, we bought 10 Chevy Bolts. Um, I was able to get for most of them. I couldn't get it for all of them. So you can only buy at the area, our district, you can buy 10 cars a year. So you're kind of limited. So we bought the cars over a couple of different years. Okay. But what we did, we got, we were able to get 20000 per car and then we were able to go to um center for sustainable energy when they're handing out a rebate for another forty five hundred bucks so you know, here's a car that we bought for twenty nine thousand dollars that we paid 24 5 for so real easy way easy easy sell to the board and our administrators because very low risk with the money right so um and then same thing with our infrastructure the infrastructure that i've developed so far um a good i'd say i we're, we're probably 90 to 95 percent Grant money that paid for the infrastructure we have now. We have about oh, I've got about thirty chargers or so that that are level two, seven point two kilowatt. You know, one you would call probably a, you know a reasonable charger these days. And pretty much the you know the charger part, I was able to get the air district to pay for all the chargers. Uh, the only okay. thing we're obligated to pay is the monitoring on that. So you know, yeah, a hundred bucks a year. So pretty low when you consider what you're getting out of the deal. Was that? Uh, i'm sorry 400 bucks a year did you say or it was like 200, 200 bucks a year per per uh charging port oh so, oh, right okay yeah so, fair enough you know and you're looking you know uh so one project i didn't have we installed 20 chargers at our, our one of our main pools there and uh i was able to combine air district and smud and smud was doing a fleet grant which is exhausted now and they offered to pay for everything from the grid to the charger so they paid for the you know the the uh circuit box you know bigger box all the wiring conduit all the way to the charger which is really helpful because that project it was worth about 300k and we got wow. about 50k from the air district and uh PG&E side of it so they didn't really put up any money they just paid to have the infrastructure installed but they told us they estimated their side between 250 and 280. so okay. for me to come up with that kind of money would be pretty substantial you know just for one uh you know charger station i would just one facility so, yes, grant money is helping out with a lot like that. Like I, like I said, you know, but my concern is, though, we have to jump on that, you know, now while grant money is still available because, you know, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to get drawn down.
1: Yeah. Do you think it's going to get drawn down more on the uh, sort of the infrastructure side or on the vehicle side? I think you're going to
0: see competition for both. Um, of course, manufacturers are going to keep pushing, you know, for subsidies and, and grants on that so they can move their product because, you know, OK, for an example, we bought a a Danar a 4.0 power station, which is kind of a unique piece of equipment. You know, you can use it as a mobile power station because it carries 250 kilowatts worth of energy on it. And it will take a hydraulic attachments. So you can put a, a backhoe arm on it. You can put a, a loader blade on it. You can do, you know, a broom. There's, you know, any kind of attachment that you can yep. think of uh, will bolt to this machine. So it's, it's got a lot of versatility. But on the other hand, you know, the machine's $300,000. So wow. with Grant money, you know, we, got the, we bought one for 187. So you can see there's okay. significant help that comes with that, you know, and I, and, you know, here's the manufacturers. It was on a core voucher and the manufacturer actually did all the legwork for us. We just came up with our part of it, signed a bunch of documents for him and, and we have our machine.
1: Um, yeah. yeah. Hey, let me ask you something. How do you look at um, sort of the budgetary planning process? Uh, let's say, um, I don't know, five years down the road. The, the the sort of the infrastructure might be already in place at that point to an acceptable point, right? Um, and then you're gonna start to finally turn over the fleet um with grant money that may be a little bit less, but because you have the infrastructure in place and because you're saving on uh sort of maintenance maybe and a little bit on, on electricity over gas, do you think you'll be fine there or what what's your projection?
0: Yeah, I think eventually when we make the conversion, and I think you're going to see prices coming down on things as, you know, R&D gets paid for, and then they get a lot of units on the road, and then the cost per unit's going to go down. I mean, I I could see that happening. Um, You know, it looks like, you know, the entire industry is going to convert at some point in time, We're you know, we're going to be, you know, internal combustion is just going to be out the door. Um, So, you know, then that will be the new norm, where, you know, and and, and I remember being in a seminar, and, and somebody said, you know, how long did it take to build all the gas stations in america right so uh sure yeah I've, so, so it just takes a while but once it's in you know it becomes ubiquitous and it's just everywhere uh i would see costs going down i think part of our plan here um when i look at just kind of the the set of givens in front of us just at, you know in our location you now PGE is our power provider um they certainly have their challenges you know uh with fires and a lot of other things but they also have power problem you know uh, w- w- with uh, reliable power here a lot of times we have a lot uh-huh. of power set-offs um you know the grid in the summertime, uh the air conditioner load overloads it sometimes and we get brownouts and that type of thing so i think what, what i'm saying is you know available electricity as a whole in our region is is kind of low so and i think you know if we're gonna go plug in two three hundred four thousand million cars into this grid um there, there's not enough grid to handle it so yeah one of my solutions is I think we should, you know, to be sustainable and and have some, you know, reliability, um, just to start developing our own. So yeah, I did get some grant money from CMAC, not quite nine hundred thousand, but we're gonna try to put in a twenty car off grid solar charger at our hospital, which is desperate for some workplace charging. We've got a bunch of doctors wow. driving to work in a Tesla. The site is out of power. Um, PG&E's they they declined to do a, a you know put in chargers for us there even though we had demand for it they just said it was just going to be too costly because where the next available power was over a quarter mile away from the site.
1: Wow. Okay. Uh, and you know we're gosh we're just about out of time here. Um, but I mean these are some fairly big challenges. There's going to have to be. Um, uh, grid upgrades, I think, to accommodate this, and finally, that twenty twenty four mandate for uh, commercial vehicles in classes other than passenger cars. It's just a big question mark. Uh, any thoughts to kind of wrap us up on that on that point?
0: Well, I think you know we mean I think you know the government needs to be careful how they proceed. I mean, you know, it's kind of careful what you ask for. Uh, my own personal opinion is I think they're moving a little fast. I understand the urgency of it. You know, we have we have. You know, the holes are growing in our atmosphere. I get that. Um, But on the other hand, it has to be feasible and we still have to get our work done. We still need to be able to, you know, fix our streets, protect our citizens. You know, I heard um, some talk this morning at our meeting meeting that the new Mach-E is great, but when you put it in pursuit mode and run it out, you're probably going to get about 10 miles out of it. And yeah, on on somebody else. So, you know, not going to work for our sheriff's department. Right. So that type of thing still has to be worked out. You know, the actual, real world, you know, rubber meets the road type thing, Chris.
1: Yeah, no, I totally get that. I totally get that. And hey, uh, Kevin, I am really looking forward to having an expanded conversation at the Fleet Forward Conference November 10th uh, through 12th in in San Jose. So looking forward to really getting more in depth about what you guys are doing in, in the county to green your fleet. Definitely.
0: And I think, you know, I think, you know, just like anybody else, we've got kind of mixed some mixed plans, but you got to work towards a goal, right? You got to start somewhere. So
1: uh, sure, I'm going to be happy to share that what we're doing and what's going on. Great. Yeah, it's going to be a great conference. Okay. Well, Kevin, again, thanks for all this great information. Another episode of Fast Forward. Great. Thanks for having me, Chris.